Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's the Baggies Broadcast Season 3, Episode 30. My name is Luke Hatfield and today I'm joined by a man who didn't inform me that he was taking a week off last week, uh, forcing us to miss uh, another episode of the podcast, Mr Joe Massey. Joe, how was your hollybobs? Um, it was alright mate, yeah, proper tit for tat that was after you didn't tell me the week before that one that you were off on the Monday. A vengeful man you are. I am a vengeful man, my friend, a vengeful man. I thought, if you're not going to make the effort, I'm not going to make the effort. You're absolutely <laughs> right, I am a vengeful man. But yeah, all right, mate, all right, yeah, decent week off. Um, it was my little girl's birthday on Friday. She was three. That was the highlight oh, of the week, really. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just, just yeah, there's not a lot to do, is there? Still, still in lockdown, really, aren't we? There's not an awful lot you can do, so... Um, yeah, just cracking on with a few bits and bobs, really. But yeah, it was fine. How have you been? I've been okay. I've been okay. Um, I'm I'm very very bored now. I must admit, oh, yeah. I'm very bored. I know they're I know they're loosening the restrictions and such. Um, but in general, it's been it's it's, it's a struggle, isn't it? At times, um, one thing that is uh, offering a light at the end of the tunnel is the return of football, though, Joe. I'm excited about it. I'm sure plenty of other people are. Um, I'm just hoping it all goes to plan. Yeah, um, I mean, so excited! It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, when it came, when it when it was announced, it is June twentieth, and then when you see the fixtures and stuff, and then you just you just can't not get like excited, and and it's so close as well, isn't it? Like it's just, it feels like like there's been no football for ages, and almost bang, it's back. Like it will mm. be. I mean, the Premier League starts what a week tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, 10 days, I suppose it would be, or 10, 11 days as we speak now until Albion return to action. Feels like a bolt from the blue. It feels like, I don't know, it almost feels like it was never going to happen now. Suddenly, like, there it is, it's back, and um, absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, it's going to be mental. I mean, I think what what a lot of people haven't, a lot, maybe it hasn't been sort of touched on a lot, really, is this that, I mean, just today we've had it that it's been confirmed that what will happen if there was to be a second outbreak um, mm. sort of a, and this is really really interesting for the championship because there's going to be a lot of pressure on these games because you're going to know that um, at any point potentially the season could end yeah. um, and if it does end at that point then that, the table as it stands at that moment will be what goes forward so I mean it would be absolutely fascinating if I mean look Hopefully we're well on track, and this is going to be—we're going to be able to put this in behind us and and play the nine games. But imagine if I don't know after three games, Albion are overtaken Leeds by a point at the top, and then bang—that's it. They they call it a day then, and that makes Albion champions or whatever or anything like that. There's a whole. There's going to be a lot of pressure on these games for teams, especially like those teams just outside the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If it's sort of momentum is building to a second outbreak, and and they're like just in by a point or they need a point to get in or something like that. It's going to be an awful lot of pressure on those games when they know potentially it could be the last game of the season um, at any point. But uh, yeah, at this moment in stands, fingers crossed, all nine games will be played. And yeah, it's just massively, massively exciting to see how it plays out. And as always, very confident Albion will get the job done and go up. Yeah, certainly. And in terms of details, Joe, I mean, we've had information now from... EFL and Albion, when Albion's games are going to be, all in the order that they were going to be played in. Um, and Albion have, have offered 
a number of different options around refunds for season tickets as well. So fans, if they want to, can have opportunity to watch every game by iFollow. Although I imagine, um, I mean, we've already seen two games on the box. Albion are going to be one of the premier picks for, for, for Sky, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? You would imagine. And we've just, I've pretty much just had this, been told this, but not, it's pretty much confirmed, but it's not quite confirmed. But it looks like that if games are on Sky, they won't be on iFollow. Mm. Um, which I think is really really interesting. I've only sort of that's only sort of come to light in the last couple of hours or so from some calls I've made um, in relation to something else really. So yeah, going to be yeah. You'd imagine an awful lot of games going to be on Sky, um, but people who haven't got Sky will miss like they won't be able to get them on iFollow if um, they are on Sky and they haven't got Sky. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a, a sticking point at the moment. Um, but yeah, the vast majority of think will be on Sky, and then yeah, everyone will get to watch them, and yeah, hopefully see the baggies promoted. Mm. Um, yeah. And lastly, sense. before we start getting onto um, the the meat uh, of this episode, Joe, because it's going to be a meaty episode, I'm sure. Um, how are how are we in terms of Albion training? I mean, are we you know there are reports of this this game against Villa behind closed doors at Villa Park. Um saw some clips of some goals which got a lot of people excited. Um how what sort of vibe are you getting from Albion? Are they really, you know, I imagine they're up for it, but are they are they kind of sharing any of their thoughts or well, the, the, all the noises coming out of the club are that they sort of I mean Luke Dowling did an interview last week and he was on he was on Sky Sports as well where Basically, ever since that June the 20th announcement, the mood has really changed. I mean, Bilic has said all along he's been so impressed with the players, how they conducted themselves when they were training at home on their own. But since that date has come out, obviously everything's just gone up a, a notch again, really. Just human nature, really. You can't not when you've, you've got that fixed date and you know when you're actually going to be playing again. So, But yeah, apparently, they're, they're, of course, they're just bang up for it, aren't they? They're, 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 they're ready to hit the ground running, I'm absolutely sure about that. Yeah, decent game. Good, good. Well, some cracking goals from Kamal Krasicki and Filip Kravinovic in that game against Villa. Um, yeah, I mean we can't read anything into that, can we? Really, um, other than it's nice to see Kravinovic sort of pick up where we left off because mm. um, he was playing so well before and before all this happened. Um, but yeah, yeah, we think we think there's a real chance that we're going to play Man United in a friendly um, towards the end of this week, um, and then potentially a game next week as well. Um, and then back at it. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be... I mean, it really is. That first game really is going to be a step into the unknown. Um, so many... It's going to be so different. It's going to be mm. so different. And as much as you can do your analysis and you can do your research and you can look at Blues's five, six games before that, that football was suspended and they can look at Albion's, it's going to be... I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows what we're getting into um, for that first game it's going to be very very interesting to see how the players adapt um, but the bottom line is Albion just simply have more quality than the vast majority of teams in the division um, mm. and, I, and I, I believe that quality will see them through um, as well as the hunger to have something to play for they, the promote, promotion is on the line for them what, what is at stake for Blues really or a, a few of the clubs they're going to play so um, all, the, all the noises coming out of the club are very positive and I think everyone's very confident that they will go on and get their job done mm. Um, I'll tell you what, Manchester United, you could, you could have picked a bit of an easier one. Yeah, well, it turns out that I think Bilic and Solskjaer have got some sort of friendship. Um, which I, I mean, who wouldn't want to be mates with Slavin? Oh, exactly, exactly, who wouldn't want to be mates with Slavin. Um, I don't really know 
I haven't really looked into... I mean, that did kind of surprise me. I can't think of a natural time they would have become friends, but they obviously have. Um, I haven't really looked into it, to be honest. But yeah, apparently that's the situation that basically Slavin's been talking to Solskjaer and they, they want to play. So that's going to happen. We're not quite sure when. This, maybe Friday, maybe the weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's a good game though, isn't it? It's a good test for them um, yeah. to get up and running. And I always like it in friendlies when you, you're the underdog. Mm. Um, I think when you watch it throughout friendlies throughout the summer, you always see, when you see lower league teams taking on the bigger teams, they always... The lower league teams always raise their game, and so I'm sure Albion will raise their games playing Man United. It's Man United at the end of the day, um, so yeah, I think it's a good friendly for them. Should be, should be right. Um, what we're going to do with this episode is we're following on from the episode we did a couple months back. Um, we did a 606 style episode, and it was received quite well, I think, Joe. Um, a lot of people seem to like it, uh, so we're bringing it back. What we're doing is we've got a selection of Albion fans who've said they're willing to join us on the podcast today. We're going to give them a phone call um, due to technical restrictions. Unfortunately, they won't be able to hear what Joe's got to say. They won't be able to have a conversation with Joe. But what we'll do is I'll pose a couple questions, get their thoughts on a number of different things that me and Joe will discuss, of course, afterwards. Uh, so hopefully it'll go down as well as it did last time. Let's see if we can uh, get the first person on the phone, shall we, Joe? Alistair Jones, good afternoon. Hi Alistair, it's Luke from the uh, Baggies Broadcast here. How are you doing? How are you doing? All right, mate, are you? No, no, great, man. Th- thanks for joining us today. Um, no problem at all. No, no, it's great to have you on. Uh, you're our first caller of the of the podcast, so uh, we're starting strong. We're certainly starting strong. Um, we're discussing the return of football, Alistair. Um, I was just going to discuss with you, really. I mean, what are your thoughts on it as an Albion fan? Obviously not able to uh, attend the games in person, but are you just excited that football's... Finally coming back? Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I mean, it's, I, I, you don't realise how much you, miss, how much you, much you miss something until it's gone, do you? you know? I mean, it's just, uh, it's been horrendous the last 12, 12 weeks or whatever it's been without football, but <laughs> just can't wait for it to start. I mean, yes, it's going to be different, but I'd take this, it's, something's better than nothing at the end of the day for me. It's just uh, something that I can't wait to happen. I mean, I think even, I'm even going to watch the Villa for the first, for the first game. I know you pretend to support them. <laughs> But like, uh, when you, you, at least you'll be able to get a fix of some sort of West Midlands club until your real fan, until your real club starts in a few days after the, the Villa game. <laughs> I said I was starting strong. I didn't expect this kind of banter early on, mate. Um, <laughs> got to be done. Yeah, it's got, yeah. Fair play, fair play. Um, are you a season ticket holder? Are you? Uh, have you got a yeah, season yeah. ticket? Have you? Yeah. Have um, you... Season ticket holder for thirty nine years. I was named after Alistair Robertson on the Saturday he was born. So yeah, I've, uh, no one else has ever sat in my seat. The stand was built in eighty one, and uh, the seats just got progressively wider as my backside has. <laughs> and what have you done in terms of the refund? Because I know Albion are offering different options. The I follow, mate. To be yeah. honest, I mean, like uh, to watch every game I went away is is. Definitely a good option. I think they've been more than fair. I think um, the only thing is the under 18s is a little bit strange. And I know that's not their fault, I know it's the AFL's fault, but mm. it is what it is. Um, yeah, so I'm going to definitely take up the, the I follow option. Yeah, and are you uh, expecting Albion to push on and seal promotion now? Well, I mean, I've been looking at it, and I think, I think geographically, 
we're at a, at a massive advantage because obviously we're in the centre of the country and we haven't got any huge um, trips. Uh, and the only two, and not that I've really studied it, Luke, I'm mm. honest, but the only two away games that we've got back to back are five days apart. Um, yeah. The games that are in three days apart, we got. I think there's um, we've got Hull at home and, or Blackburn at home and Fulham. Um, so there's Blackburn, Fulham, and um, and Hull in five or six days, but two of them are at home, one of them away. So as it, for me, I don't think we could have asked for much better. I think everyone else competing against us will have more miles to travel. But I was looking at the depth of our squad, and I don't think anybody. And I was looking at other people's depth, including Leeds. I don't think anyone can touch us. If you look from, you've got the two full. We got both fullback positions. You've got coverage with Furlong and. Um, you got Furlong and O'Shea with mm. Townsend and Gibbs as fullback options. The the full but the centre half you can play each of them six times if you like. I mean if, if you look at the, the the different sort of um, partnerships you could have, Sonia yeah. Jay, Bartley and and um, Agazi can probably play six games each between them. The forward is a joke. I mean you're probably going to have a squad of twenty where you've your eight million pound championship striker. He's possibly not even going to get in a squad of twenty. How many? How many other championship teams could say that? Yeah. You look. You look across the board. You've got Grzycki, Robinson, Pereira, um, Rob, um, Zahore, Austin, Kravinovic, Phillips. So I mean, you've got uh, Edwards. You've got a huge Dean Garner. I didn't even mention Dean Garner. Yeah. So look at look at those options that we've got. Compare that to other people. There's a probably an, an argument that other people have got as strong, if not stronger, eleven than us on paper. But I don't think anybody's got the in-depth squad that we have. The only the only slight concern is the two midfield um, with Livermore and Sawyers. I think that's the only sort of downgrade mm. by rotating. If if you lose if you lose Sawyers, if you lose Sawyers or you lose Sawyers or um, uh, or, or Livermore, Livermore, yeah. I think I think then Brunt or Barry, you have got sort of a downward sort of grade as mo- as good as Brunt's been, and he's been an absolutely fantastic servant for us. Yeah, I'm not sure we can get about the pitch in the way that Slavin's teams need to get about in the pitch. Livermore's been playing further forward and hunting the ball down has been a revelation for me this year. I think he's been. I agree with Joe. He's been. I, uh, he's been my player of the year for me. I mean, Pereira will get all the plaudits and. I suppose rightly so in some ways, but for me, as improvements and driving the team forward, mm. Liverpool has been absolutely unbelievable. He really has; he's been fantastic. So, I think I think if you look at the, the two things geographically located where we are and the strength of depth, I think it, it works in our favour more than any other team. So, I'm really positive that I think we'll go on and win it. If I'm honest, I really do. Oh, top top stuff, Alistair. Really enjoyed that. Great. No Great problem. input. Thanks for coming on today. No problem, mate. All the best. Cheers, mate. Cheers, ta-da. I'll tell you what, great first speaker. Alistair, yeah, been stalking me and James Morrison for the past eight weeks or so. But he's the, he's the chap we can't get rid of. Um, but God love him. Yeah, he is absolutely smashing bloke, isn't he? Absolutely awesome. Um, that's a fantastic, fantastic thing you said about his seat at the Hawthorns. No one else has sat in it. That's absolutely mental. I didn't even... That never sort of... Clocked to me. Um, I didn't I tell you what, there weren't many people who could say that. I know that's fantastic, isn't it? I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, he's. I mean, he's. he's he, I mean, he, Alistair is absolutely Albion mental. There's no. There's no two ways about it. Um, I love the fact he's looking. Look already looked at the geography of it and plotted how many, like the distance of away games and stuff. I think that's absolutely hilarious. He's uh, done the maths, hasn't he? He's <laughs> done the maths. Um, <laughs> um, 
I'll well, tell you what was a good point though. I mean, you know, when you think about it, you know, travelling around. I know these are Premier League players and they're more than used to it. But as as Albion are going, if I mean, if he's done the maths, then and if they're in a better position, it can only be helpful. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the, the fascinating point what he said is the is the squad strength, and that's where that is. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. He said he thinks they're going to go on and win it because mm. it is it is going to be absolutely fascinating to see how this pans out. Leeds. We know Leeds play with such intensity under Bielsa. They're so good. Um, well, they play it with and without the ball. I mean, they grind teams down, don't they, with their energy? Um, mm. And they will they will undoubtedly benefit from having had, had this break. Um, but the strength and depth of Albion, we've talked about it a million times on this podcast, is ridiculous. Um, and it is in those forward positions where you think, look, Kamal Krasicki and Matt Phillips would probably start for 95% of championship teams. I mean, you'd imagine so. 95% and they, you'd imagine, will be on the bench. They might not even, one of them might not even make the bench. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, that's crazy to think about, isn't it? It's so strong. The fact that maybe one of Callum Robinson or Graham Dean Garner won't start is just absolutely mind-blowing. Um Again, like Alistair said, the fullbacks and defenders. I mean, look, it's, it's nine games, it's 33 days. It's an absolutely mental schedule. P- players are going to pick up injuries because they haven't played for a long time. Um, squad strength is Albion's. Well, like, like I said earlier, I think Albion have got more quality than everyone else, but the, the squad strength is massive for them. Um, absolutely mm. massive for them in this run. Again, completely agree with everything he said about Livermore, Sawyers. Um, that's, think, uh, that is the only area you think. I think it's you know, slightly less of a concern that... now. They've gone to four three three, and from the interviews Bilic has given since lockdown, there's no doubt they will carry on playing four three three. He thinks it, they're, they're as attacking in that system, but they're more solid defensively. So, I think Raheem Harper could come in there and do a good job. Um, but yeah, but but if they did lose Sawyer's. Livermore or Kovinovic, it would still be a loss, but I do think Ricky Marper can step in there and do a good job, So, and it won't be as impactful in that 4-3-3 system, but yeah, great call, great call. Let's see if the second one holds up uh, with quality, eh, shall we? Hello. Hello, is that Kieran? Hiya, Luke, yeah, it is. Hiya, Kieran. Uh, you're on the Baggies broadcast once again, um, obviously featured the last time we did a 606 episode, so it's, it's a return visit for you. Um we're in the midst uh, of discussing the return to football and one of the points which was raised up by previous caller uh, was the strength and depth in Albion's squad. Do you feel that Albion probably have the best strength and depth in terms of a championship team this season and probably one of the best play sides uh, to manage with such a, a, short, a short time to play so many games? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do in an attacking sense. Mm. Um, I think we've got an embarrassment of riches up front and then we signed Grissetti and Robinson in January mm. uh, so it's it's a bit of a blessing in disguise the whole five substitutions thing and uh, there'll be a lot of games uh, and therefore I think it will actually give Bilic a chance to to get the most out of everybody. Um, I saw today Ray Hansler has had a contract extension and even he might get some minutes, um, which is a real benefit. In terms of overall squad depth, uh, 
No, I wouldn't really say we're one of the strongest sides. We are pretty strong at fullback. At centre back, we're not that strong. Um, I think Peltier could play there, but we haven't seen it yet. Hagazi hasn't looked like he did last season. Um, so I'd say at the back, we're not as strong as going forward. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it is a, it's a real blessing being able to use five subs and things because Bilic loves to tinker that front line in in games. So yeah, I think in terms of going forward, I would agree with that, yeah. I mean, and you, you raise a good point with Bilic, um, enjoying, a, enjoying a bit of a tinker in, in the game. And obviously he's been yeah. incredibly successful making substitutions ever since he's, he's come to Albion. So if anything, this kind of works in his favour, doesn't it? It certainly does, yeah. There was a, there was a run in uh, maybe the end of August, September, almost around the time that um, that Joe started covering Albion. Billich would make a sub, and it would change the game. Hmm. Uh, it, he would he had this ability of turning the game on its head, um, and it, that has been a bit of a theme all season. Um, you look at the uh, the Blues game. Hmm. Charlie Austin comes off the bench and scores two goals. Um, Zahor came off the bench uh, earlier in the season and scored a couple of goals that really changed games. Hmm. Um, yeah, Bilic just gets it. Whatever it is, Bilic sees what the game needs. Well, Bilic and his staff see what the game needs and they've got a, an ability to to do the right thing at the right time. Hmm. Um, and lastly, mate, before we uh, let you go, because I, I know you're busy, um, who do you see getting promotion this season uh, from the Championship in in this circumstance? Say the season is to be completely played out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, as is, um, if you ask me today, I'd say, I'd say it's Albion and Leeds. Um, mm. and I, don't, I don't know what order. I don't really care what order. However, that first game back against Blues is massive for us because if we were to lose that and Fulham were to win... Can you imagine the, the seeds of doubt that would set in mm. um, among the squad? Well, maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't. But, you know, among a lot of squads, that, that would be a big, big question mark. Um, but, you know, because all of a sudden, that's the, we lose that game, Fulham win. And then going into the game against Brentford, is it, after that? I'm not mm-hmm. actually sure. Yeah. Um, you know, if we, if we lose that Fulham can leapfrog us, we're in... We're in a bit of a precarious position if we don't hit the ground running. So, yes, to dodge the question a bit, if you ask me today, I'd say Albion leads. Um, but I'd feel a lot more comfortable answering it after the first round fixtures. Top stuff, Kieran. Really appreciate you coming on and taking the time today. Nice one. Not a problem, mate. Thanks nice very much. One. Nice one. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Kieran, back on the podcast. Um I tell you what, that's a good point. You, Albion do have to hit the ground running, don't they, Joe? That is a very good point, actually. In terms of like, you would, everyone would get very anxious to think if we don't get a result in that Blues game. I mean, certainly the fan base. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we don't, it doesn't even think about it really, does it? I think, um, yeah, you're right. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. It would, it would get a little bit, especially if, obviously, Fulham got um, a decent result as well that weekend. But look. Mm. It's still a long way to go. Nine games is an awful lot of football, um, isn't it? Like it's an awful lot of football stuff. It is the running, but like I mean, twenty-seven points on the board. Twenty-seven points on the board. It's a big chunk of the season still, and I think even don't get me wrong. I agree completely with what you said. I think everyone will get a bit fluttery if they don't if they were to lose that game. 
think every, you think you just naturally would. Um, but I think eventually everyone will settle down, sort of adapt to um, how things are, and then I do think Albion's quality will, will shine through. I mean, that's why these friendly games are so important because they don't want at all to be sort of taken aback by the, the, the surroundings they find themselves in when they do step out on that pitch. So. Because it's even going to be very different to like a friendly, really, where there's there's no atmosphere of friendlies, but at least there's fans there. Mm. Um, this is going to be completely different. So hopefully they'll be sort of well adjusted by the time of that Blues game, and then um, yeah, and then yeah. Be, but you're right; these right. I mean, we all really hope it's a positive result in that first game. It just settle everyone down well. a little bit, won't it? It's interesting Blues as well, given the moves they've made during lockdown. I mean. They've, they've released a couple of players, despite knowing that you know they'll be gone before the season's over. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the stuff with with Pep Cote. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the players that they've released. I mean, they weren't seeing time on the pitch anyway. No, they all pay. I think um, Stop, Stopdale's the keeper, isn't it? Yeah, paid astronomical sums not to play football. So, and has been for a very long time. So, I think that made very good sense. Really, like just get him off the books as soon as you can. There's no point. And extending that one, yeah, the Pep Clotet thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not a Blues fan, so I don't really know. I know he's had his problems there, but from the outside looking in, it seemed like he was in an okay job there. Um, but yeah, obviously he's going at the end of the season. I suppose you question whether the players. I mean, I know they're they're not completely, you know, safe and dry yet, Blues. But if the managers go in, they'll probably. You'd imagine there's a little bit of, you know, thinking in the back of their head. Oh well, should I really be giving my all here if the manager's on his way and. Uh, do we really need to worry too much? I think the the big plus for Albion is I think it loses it completely loses the derby element to it. I don't think it's a derby anymore. As ridiculous mm. as that sounds, I think for a, I think players will thrive off that derby atmosphere and that and how much it means to the fans will spur them on. But you know, like you're a hero, aren't you? If you go, if you're like in a derby and you're a central midfielder and you go and absolutely smash your opposite number after two minutes of a crunching tackle you're yeah. a hero aren't you the crowd gets yeah. up and you're like yes come on but like, there's no, that won't happen I don't think because you're not going to get that reaction hmm. um, that intensity of a derby just isn't going to be there I think so and that's that's the only reason why you would say You'd, if, if this was in normal circumstances, you'd say, oh, if a derby form goes out the window, anything can happen, wouldn't you? Um, mm. But I don't think that's true now. I think without a crowd there, you can look at it, you can look at it more reserved and say, well, look, if you look at Albion's 11, they're better than Blue's 11, and you'd fancy them really to go on and win the game. I think it should be, it should be a, I think they can make it more comfortable. Mm. It's interesting. Let's see what our next caller has to say about that, Joe. Hello. Hello, is that Rob? Yes, it is. Is this Luke? Oh, it is. Uh, how you doing, mate? You're on the Baggies Broadcast uh, podcast. How you doing? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, we're just discussing Albion and the return to football right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, the game against Blues is the one first up. We're just discussing the atmosphere of that game. Um, and Joe's kind of said it's kind of lost a little bit of that Derby feel about it because obviously it's being played behind closed doors. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if it was Albion Wolves or Albion Villa, I think the emphasis of no fans would, would affect it a little bit more. I think over the years, um, Blues Albion's never been 
too much of a, a rival. It's been more of a rival rather than a huge derby. And I think, mm. you know, the the atmosphere that we create at the Hawthorns when when the shrine's bouncing, I think it's going to affect us whether we're playing Blues or whether we're playing Huddersfield. Whoever we're playing, it's going to affect the the team massively. Mm. And obviously, you know, football's on its way back. Everyone's a bit excited. Obviously, fans can't get into the ground, which is a shame. Uh, are you just excited to see see the Albion back playing, even if it is you know through a TV screen or a computer screen? The feeling you get when you're at the Hawthorns with twenty six thousand, it, it's it's not even fans; they're family members. You're with twenty five thousand fans that want the same as you, that are craving the ball to hit the back of the net, and no matter what happens, there will be no better feeling when football returns to fans and we can all get back in the Hawthorns and, and get behind the boys. But I think for a lot of people, myself included, just having the fact that there's football on at the weekend, kind of a sense of normality around it, I think that's going to be, um, that can only be positive. Mm, and, you know, Albion are in a great position in terms of the table. Can you see them pushing on and sealing promotion now? Is, is, is that the big one, even though there's been such a break? I mean... You'd imagine that Albion should have enough in the tank to, to go out and do it, especially given that break, because you know, you've got players like you, Grady and Garner back. You would think that, but this is West Bromwich Albion we're talking about. And <laughs> until the ball until the last ball's been kicked, I'm nothing certain. We could be fifteen points clear of second and I'd be still nervous with three games to go and us not being able <laughs> to report that we that we wouldn't stay up. So look, I'm I'm about I'm Boinging, I think, is the, the word I'm, uh, I'm probably best to use about the fact that we're going to be going back. I think it's a risk that, that we're willing to take to you know, be champions, potentially. But the two best sides in the league this year are in the two positions that show that. And I'm confident that both us and Leeds will push on and be playing Premiership football come when the season starts next year. And lastly, mate, um, who do you reckon the third team will be to join you? Because obviously playoffs still plan to go ahead. Uh, for me, anything from third down to about ninth is a possibility, but I put my money on Brentford at the start of the season, I think, especially when the fans were at Griffin Park. I mean, it was such an intimidating atmosphere to go to a proper football ground, and I think that's carried them all the way to this season. You know, they've got players like Ollie Watkins and then mm. Ben Lama, the, the class that they've got. I just think that'll shine through, and I've, I've got no issues with us and Leeds but that third spot it's going to be highly contested and for me it's got to be Brentford certainly will be contested mate thanks so much for taking the time to join us today no problem Luke thanks very much mate no problem bye bye mate good points there do you reckon Brentford probably the favourites to join Albion and Leeds of course you know it's not done and dusted with them top two places Joe is it no no I do think it'd be Albion and Leeds to get the top two though and then oh mate who knows who knows (laughs) um you asked him that question, and he said, geez, I think, and I think that's all you can, that's the only, that's the only fair response. I mean, it could be absolutely anyone. Um, I'd go, I'd probably, probably go Fulham, mm. um, just because I, you'd bank on Mitrovic to score a couple of goals in the playoffs. Um, but, mate, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows who's even going to get in them? Um, that sixth spot in particular is well and truly up for grabs. Um, mm. you never, it might, you know, mate, Millwall might sneak in at the last minute and absolutely like grind their way to a couple of one-nil wins and go up. You just don't know. You just don't know. But I think Fulham would be my tip. But 
than that. It's interesting yeah. though that it's going ahead. I mean, when it comes to football, obviously the atmosphere makes a big difference. When it comes to playoff football, and I know Joe, you didn't cover Albion um, over those two legs against Villa, but I tell you what, the atmosphere was ramped up another notch, and obviously without fans there, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic, I think, because that's arguably the time when you need the fans most and if you've not got any there it's going to be interesting to see how teams react to that in a playoff format yeah same for both teams though isn't it um, yeah 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 I think what the thing I've, I covered also in the playoffs and the thing that always struck me strikes is, is how quickly the season ends when you're out hmm. you go into it with so much hope but if you do lose that second leg or whatever then you don't. Ex- you always build up to the season ending as strange as it sounds. Like, oh, we've got five games left, four games left, three games left, and then it ends. And you're like, okay, it's finished. Whereas in the playoffs, you don't get that luxury. Hmm. You're like, are, are we playing next week or not? And then it's just you lost and bang, I say season's over. So, um, so much riding on those games, isn't there? So much riding on those games. But I mean, so I'll be. I got to be honest. I have. I don't think I've watched championship playoffs for for years. Um, but I think I'll watch all the playoffs this time around, League One, League Two, and the Championship, just because it's going to be fascinating. Pure drama, isn't it? Absolutely pure drama. Uh, let's get another caller on. Hello. Hello, is that Spencer? Yeah, it is. Hi, Spencer. <laughs> How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, not bad. How are you? I'm fine, mate. You've called at the worst possible time. I'm just uh. eating a curly whirly. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, I pick the perfect times, don't I? Uh, are you free to chat on the, on the Baggies broadcast despite yeah, your curly whirly situation? No problem. Uh, we're just discussing the return of football. Um, how excited are you just to have football back in general, I suppose, is the first one, despite not being able to go to the games? Um, to be honest, mate, I can't wait. It's going to be great because I know, especially like the Euros being cancelled and stuff as well, and having such a, a big gap. Mm. Um, I mean, first of all, I was excited for the Premier, Premier League to be announced that it's mm. coming back and stuff. But just have live football because... You know, watch some of the Bundesliga and stuff. And um, yeah, it's not the same, but it's still good to have the live sport. Um, but yeah, I am excited. But like every West Brom fan, <laughs> I think the first thought is, yes, we can get the season started again. Followed immediately by, oh, I really hope we don't mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, because um, yeah, there's part of me that thinks maybe we should have just taken the points of the game, had it done, gone up, got it sorted, got ourselves financially secure again for another few seasons and stuff. But it is admirable that you know the club have gone the way they have. It is the right thing to do. Plus, selfishly speaking, you know we 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 get to see you know Dean Garner, uh, uh, you know, and others in a West Brom shirt again for for a few more matches, which I think is really cool. So um, yeah, I am excited, and uh, there's only so much FIFA you can play. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, or maybe not in your case, I don't know. He, he seems to be playing it quite a bit. So um, I mean, I've committed a lot of time to it, Spencer. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's an interesting point you touched on there with the, being able to see the likes of Grady and Garner. One man um, who we know we won't be seeing next season now, of course, Chris Brunt. Um, are the club right? Do you think to let him leave at the end of the season? Obviously, you know he's been a, he's a, been a part of the furniture now, but he's desperate to play football, isn't he? Is, is it is it is he a player you leave kind of bittersweetly in terms of you'd love for him to finish his career at Albion, but if he wants to play football, I suppose there's only one decision for him. Yeah, I think to be honest, I think all I don't like to speak on most on behalf of most Albion fans when I say this, but I think the one 
real killer with us is that we're not going to be able to get uh, to give him that send off he deserves. Mm. Um, I think him moving on is the right thing for him and the club, especially if he wants to play. I would love to have seen him kept on in a coaching capacity, a bit like they've done with Moza. I think he is he's Albion through and through now. I think he said in his statement, you know, he, he considers Albion to be his club, and I think you need those kind of important people kept on you know you look kind of back through the years you, you're bob taylor's who have stayed in touch with with the club and do so much outreach and things both through the, the foundation and obviously with the, the supports as well mm. um but i think to keep Brunton in some capacity would have been nice but if he wants to play he's got to move on we can't rely on him forever forever and if our aim is to not just go up but to again sustain ourselves for another good run in the, in the, in the, in the premier league then he's He's not the kind of player we need at this point, apart from the last 10 minutes from a set piece, that amazing left foot he's got. I think we now need to be looking forwards. And we have seen this season with the kind of players that we're bringing through. And we, you know, we've got Tullock, um, who looks like he might be about to sign a, a long-term deal with us, which, which is quite exciting. And other players coming through the ranks. I think it's time for Brunt to move on. But really sad that we can't give him that, that send-off because he really deserves it. Mm, do you reckon he might still have one final say, one final left swing of that left you know, would Wouldn't it be wonderful if he is the man, I don't know, if, if dreams were made to come off the bench, to you know, ping it in the top corner from 25 yards, the goal, a bit like, you know, against Southampton all those years ago where, where you know, he was the one who just put, put his foot through the ball, leathered it through the keeper's legs and stuff and it got his promotion. If he could do that again, it would be written in the stars. That would be amazing. But quite frankly, mate, I'd take it coming off Hagaz's backside into the bottom corner if it's <laughs> the winning goal to go up. <laughs> I think we'd take any of that, Spence. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. No worries, mate. Take care, both. Bye-bye. Yeah, so we haven't really touched on um, Brunty yet on the podcast, Joe. Um, club legend, of course. Um, but as Spencer... I think put quite well there. He's, it's probably the right time for him to move on if he does want to find football. Because unfortunately, given you know the options Albion have and Bilic has at his, at his disposal, he's probably not going to see that much time on the pitch, is he? Yeah, um, I got a story going out tomorrow. Actually, we always like this always happens to me on the podcast. I'm not going to say what it is, but I think I know where Brunt's going next season, um, where he's going to be playing, and. You have to wait till tomorrow morning for that one, although it won't take a rocket scientist to work it out. And <laughs> I just think, Luke Dowling said it actually in an interview last week, I just think the time has come, hasn't it? The time has come, hasn't it? I think there's interesting stuff from Dowling where he said um, he didn't know how to have the conversation with him, what with it being locked down and mm. you, you want to have it face to face because obviously he's such a great, been just a wonderful servant and he is a, he is a legend, there's no doubt about it. So. Like he didn't know when to have a conversation with him, but he wanted to. He, he had it early last week, basically um, at the training ground, because he wanted to give him the respect he deserves and make it clear that give him all the time he needs, really. And like Dowling said, it was difficult because you want him to be fully focused on the remaining nine games. But look, Chris Brunt will be fully focused on the remaining nine games. I've got nothing to worry about there. So, yeah, absolute, absolute club legend. Um, it, it, when. Well, I've said I've said this before on the podcast, but when when the failed move to Stoke happened in January, he called a press conference. Chris Brunt, I've never known that happened before, mm. where a player calls a press conference so they can just explain their their, their thought process and um, explain what went on. And he just wants to play. He just wants to play. I think he said something like, since he was eight years old or something. All, all he's known is he's gone from kicking the ball against his mum's fence to kicking a ball on a football pitch. That is all, all he's ever known. Um, he's, he's apprehensive about retiring. Um, 
as a lot of footballers are. It's, it's, a, it's a hell of a thing to walk away from um, being a professional footballer. Retirement is not easy for them. And mm. Brunt, understandably, wants a few more years and he wants to play. Um, and he's good enough to play in the championship. I've got no doubt about that. Um, so, I just we look, we expect Albion to go up. He's hardly been involved this season. I think it's eight appearances. He hasn't started a championship game under Slaven Bilic. The time has, it suits everyone really, him, Brunt included, just to have a couple of years elsewhere, finish his career, hopefully, hopefully play sort of 20, 30, however many games over the next couple of years. And then, really, I'd be amazed if he doesn't come back to Albion um, in some sort of coaching capacity, um, similar to Morrison. Because um, like like um, Spencer said, it is he is Albion's his club. He said before he settled in the West Midlands. His little boy supports Albion. Um, he's 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 baggies through and through now, um, mm. and everyone will just be overjoyed when he does come back. It'd be be absolutely fantastic. So it's really really sad that he's not going to get the send off. Um, I sort of envisaged it. I always kind of thought at the back of my mind that Albion would win promotion with maybe a game or two to spare. Um, yeah. and, and you see him start in a couple and then of games. you see him start a couple of games and you never know like they might win a penalty or something and then they'd give him the penalty um, just, I, just, I, just, I did hope something like that would happen um, just a bit of a fairy tale ending really and it's a shame it's not going to happen in terms of like, in front of supporters at least who knows he might, he might, like, he might come on and score, score the goal that takes him up again like he did before but um, yeah I think um, everyone he, he knows how loved he is um, by Albion fans, and he will come back. And one day, I'll do this. I'll do a story on it this week. There will be a testimonial for him and James Morrison, um, and I think that'll be a really, really like special evening because I think I, I think the Hawthorns will be packed, and yeah, they'll both get an absolutely incredible reception. Hmm. Let's get another call, on Hello. Hello, is that Tom? Yeah, hiya. Hi, hi. Okay. Yeah, not bad. Thanks for joining us again on the Baggies broadcast. Um, nice. We're just chatting about Chris Brunt actually um, at the moment. Um, is it is it a bit of a shame for you that Albion fans aren't going to be able to give him a proper send off this season? Now that we all know that he's obviously leaving the club at the end of the season. Yeah, I think it is. A, it is a big shame, isn't it? At the time um, when it comes through, you you, you you wish you could go to that last game that he plays and comes on the pitch before the game starts and it's just quite quite nice to give him a big send off but I still think that I think well, it's not it's not all lost I think we'll, we, when we do go back to that normal when there is that first capacity crowd there's still going to be those sort of moments where we can celebrate his career and, and things like that I mean mm. I think we'll be the next time we'll be there we'll, hopefully we'll be in the Premier League so that'll feel like a celebration mm. um, so it is a shame at the time, but I still think, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There, there, there will be that moment where we can all still celebrate that his his career with us. I mean, he obviously he's been such a big, such a great servant to the club. So yeah, it's, it is a shame, but yeah. we'll still have that moment. It's going to stay positive. Yeah, um, obviously, plenty of reasons to be positive now with football on its way back, and we, you know, we saw the reports of Albion's game against Villa uh, the other day behind closed doors, a training exercise um, and we saw some clips of some goals as well. I mean, two all, uh, does that kind of, 
I know it's only a training exercise and it's behind closed doors and this and that, but does it kind of show Albion's Premier League credentials, do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd like to think so. Although, the side they're playing, I don't think they're, um, I don't think Villa are too, uh, you might disagree, Luke, as a Villa <laughs> fan, but um, I don't think, um, I, I think we could play better teams in the Premier League at the moment, with all due respect to Villa. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair um, point. They're in, what, what, 19th at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'd still, I was I was pretty confident that um, we'd be out, we, we'd, you know, we'd give Villa a good game. Um I think we're in a good spot. We've got a really strong squad. If you compare the two teams, you know it's hard. There's not a massive difference, is there? I mm. don't think anyway between Villa, especially if you look at the depth of the squad as well. I mean, yeah. the depth that Albion have, especially compared to last season, um, is like the depth we have is really strong. So yeah, and that was, yeah, a, that so, was a point. No, with, it, is, it is good signs. Yeah, that was another point that another caller brought up. Actually, you know the depth in terms of. Especially forward areas compared to any other club in the championship, you imagine Albion are in the best possible position there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could tell the difference after January when we signed Krasicki and um, Robinson. Um, that the fact that we could just bring those players on after 65, 70 minutes, it just it, it just brought a whole new dimension to, to to the way we played. It was like being back in in that start of the season where Bilic was making those substitutions and it was working every time. Mm. Um, I think just before the pandemic went into full force here, when before we went into this that's, this lockdown, um, we were just starting to see the differences that Grzycki and um, Robinson were making, especially Grzycki actually coming from the bench. I remember the, the Swansea game, he made a difference when he came on mm. uh, with about 20, 20, 25 minutes left. He really did make a difference on that right-hand side. So, um, hopefully, when they're back, we can. Um, they'll, 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 you know, they can make a big impact. Obviously, Krasicki scored, didn't he, on Saturday? So mm. um, it makes a massive difference having that strength and depth, especially again, especially in the championship. Yeah, certainly does. Right, Tom, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Really appreciate it. Sorry, um, we've, we've got so many callers, so we're going to try and fly <laughs> through everyone. Uh, but no really problem. appreciate, it, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. It's all right. Bye bye. Uh, good point there in terms of Grzycki, um does come on and have an impact and I think a lot of championship clubs uh, would love a Camille Grzycki to bring off the bench, wouldn't they, Joe? Yeah, and what he said was true. It was, it was sort of the last couple of games where we saw him coming off the bench and making a bit more of an impact. Um, he looked really, really settled. Um, and he, I mean, his assists, his, his assist record in the championship is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting he scored the other day because... I mean, I've, I've, I don't know. I mean, I can't see him. I can't see him playing many game, minutes. But and he is such a good player. Um, but who knows? Who knows? It's uh, it's like the first day of the season again, isn't it? Like you're not quite sure how they're going to line up exactly and who's going to be where. But yeah, he's crack. He is a cracking player. But for me, obviously, Dean Garner and Robinson are ahead of him. If Dean Garner or Robinson are going to be used on the left, mm, it is interesting that you know that who's going to start up top for Albion um, when the real stuff gets going. Should we should we get another caller on to find out what they think? Hi, man. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. Leo, thanks for joining us. Um, no on, problem, man. On the Baggies broadcast once again. Um, yeah. We've just, we're just in the middle of a, a discussion here, actually, about Albion's, you know, forward options. Uh, okay. And with the, with the league, you know, getting, getting back to business soon enough, and obviously we've seen, you know, Albion 
uh, getting involved with a behind closed doors game against Villa. Who would be your front three for that first game back? Because it's it's an interesting debate given how much strength and depth they've got there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the takeaway from that immediately is that the, the grainy footage of Cameron Crisetti scoring, which was an unbelievable finish. So, uh, mm. Obviously, he didn't really get much game time when he first came in because Robinson was so good. But I don't know, I was kind of thinking about this earlier. And um, I, I kind of think it's been a tale of two seasons for us because at the start of the season, obviously, Dean Garner and Pereira bedded in. No one knew how to play against them. We were unstoppable. Then we had that kind of patch in the middle where things dropped off and then Dean Garner got injured. And now, obviously, the fresh options came in like Robinson and we actually haven't had a full strength squad with all of our attacking options available yet mm. so and this final 10 games really I mean it's like a mini season and and I think you can make your name really and if you can get sort of two or three games going then you'll be playing the Premier League next season so yeah, it's a really tough one I think. Yeah and would you say that Albion have probably got the most strength in depth of any side in the championship because you look at you know, the way that they've they've recruited and you look at the way Slavin Bilic has used substitutions, particularly over this season, uh, and given the, the rule changes now, um, mm. do you see that that kind of works in Bilic's favour? Yeah, I think we've certainly got the strongest midfield, particularly wide options in the league, really. I mean, we've got two players for those wide positions, if not even three in, in that left wing forward position. So, yeah... Um, I, I just personally think that if we if we look at this as a, a ten game mini season really or whatever it is and mm. you know players are going to want to perform because if they do perform they're playing in the Premier League next season so yeah and who do you see uh, last question who do you see uh, going up alongside or well I say alongside Albion it's not done and dusted yet of course but if Albion were to go up who who do you see going up with them I mean Leeds obviously look in great position but that mm. playoff spots I mean anyone could win that surely. Yeah, I mean, obviously I do think it will be Leeds going up with us. I mean, this season for the Championship, it's not been the best of standards, I think we'd all agree, compared to previous seasons. But I do think us and Leeds are the only two teams that look like we'd be able to hack it in the Premier League as it stands. Mm. Um, I reckon Fulham probably have got the, the most together kind of style and identity on the pitch compared to those other kind of training pack, really. So I'd probably put my money on Fulham if I was a betting man. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us, Leo. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Cheers, man. Thank you very much. See you later, boys. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll tell you what, the calibre of caller we get on these things is unreal, isn't it, Joe? Ridiculously good, aren't they? All very, very, very good. I, don't, I mean, I said to you, don't we need to get everyone back. Here we had on last time because they were all so impressive. And then, yeah, they've all, they've all been absolutely fantastic again. And they've all answered, which I'm so pleased about. I really I mean, think we're just going to have some... One of them came close. That was Alistair, but... typical. Um... <laughs> Um, we've got some new callers now, some fresh callers, so there are going to be some different voices for us to deal with. Um, but let's see what uh, our next caller has to say, shall we? Hello? Hello, is that James? Hey, James. Hi, James, it's Luke from the Baggies Broadcast. How are you doing? Hi, uh, Luke, yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Um, I've got you on the episode now. We're just um, in mid-discussion. We're talking about Matthias Pereira. Um, a couple callers before you've... Have, have, highlighted his, his Premier League credentials saying that he could cut it in the top flight given that he obviously joins Albion which is you know is going to happen do you agree with that do you reckon he is a player who could lead Albion in the Premier League should they get promotion yeah I think so I mean we've had players before um, I mean Doran's had a standout season what about 10 years ago now and I think there was no real doubt that he'd cut it in the Premier League it never quite worked out for him but mm. I think um, was he Augsburg last season online and I think he won some sort of award there Pereira for yeah. best newcomer so 
Yeah, he's performed at the top flight before, albeit in a different country. Um, I think with the quality he's got, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him linked with a move to, you know, maybe an Everton or something like that by the end of next season. Mm. Um, I wouldn't quite put him in like a top four player yet, but yeah, I don't really have any doubts that he'll, he'll cut it off next year. Certainly showing quality, hasn't he? And, and in terms of quality, Bilic has got a fair bit to choose from, especially in forward areas. I mean, and with the with the rule changes and the extra subs being allowed now uh, in the Championship, do you feel that Albion are probably the most well-stocked team in forward areas in comparison to the, the rest of the Championship? Yeah, definitely. I, I think our front four is, is probably as good as anything in the league. I think if you take... You know, say if you said from where we had like Dean Garner, Pereira, Kravinovic and Robson Carney was our front four, I think you could take all four of them out and what you'd have left would still probably be top six quality. Yeah. You know, if you went, say, like Phillips, Robinson, Grzycki and Austin, you know, no disrespect, but that's probably better than what teams like Preston, Millwall, uh, you know, arguably even someone like Forrest are starting with each week. So yeah. I think with the five subs, I mean, we've won a lot of points already this season. I think that's partly because of the village, but partly just because of the quality that the subs we bring on anyway. Mm. I think if people's fitness is you know, going to be a little bit low and we get to sort of 60 minutes in a game, nil-nil, and then we just bring on Dean Garner, Robinson, Grzycki, Austin, for example, for the last 20, 25 minutes, I don't think anyone else is going to have that depth coming off the bench. You know, they might have one or two okay players, like you know, decent players, but I don't think they're going to have the sort of four or five that we'll have after that even talking you know, about like Edwards or Zahor or Harper or someone like that so mm. yeah I think, I think certainly you know if you look at our options from sort of 15, 16, 17, 18 best players in the squad I don't think anyone else will get close to that and lastly mate um, in terms of promotion now Leeds and Albion are both in great positions who would you have as going up this season give me your three championship promotees um yeah, I think West Brom leads obviously top two, and then um, probably Brentford or Forest. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think Brentford on their day are probably the third best team in the league. Yeah, fully remind me a lot of us last season under Moore, where they've got the players, but Parker maybe not quite up to it. Mm. Um, I've just got a feeling Forest might kind of sort of dodge their way through the playoffs. You know, nick a couple of one nils or take it to penalties or something like that. They're probably the hardest to beat, but probably Brentford I'd say along with, with West Bromwich Perfect mate thanks so much for joining us James really no appreciate problem. you taking time Cheers mate Thanks a lot Thanks mate Bye Hello Hello is that James? It is Oh yeah it's Luke Atfield here from the uh, Baggies Broadcast how are you doing? Oh, I'm very well mate how are you? I really appreciate you coming on today uh, we're just in the middle of discussion actually um, about the return of football um, and we're discussing Albion's strength in depth I mean Given the rules change with the extra subs now, are Albion potentially in the best position of any championship side given the forward options they've got available to Village? I would say so, yeah. Um, I'm not really one of these fans that will always uh, sort of big Albion up for Manchester now. It's not that I'm a pessimist, but um, I always try to you know, try and see sort of like some of the negatives as well. But mm. I think with you know when you look at it on paper and you look at the, the people that have come back now, especially. Dean Garner is absolutely massive for, for Albion, um, mm. that team and that squad. And I just think, yeah, on paper, we, we really have a lot of the firepower that we have. And to be able to bring, you know, if you just, if any Albion fan picks their starting 11 for that first game, and then you look at that bench that's left behind, you're thinking, 
there's no club in the championship that has those options available. Mm. Um, and I think you know that could only mean one thing within really, that, and that you know, must mean the end of promotion. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed it does. Um, it's funny you mentioned that um, in terms of you know trying to take you know the good with the bad and. I suppose one point that a caller brought up earlier today was was Albion's midfield and the fact that they are so stocked in in forward options. But that midfield, you know, tandem of, of Romain Soyes and Jake Livermore, if they're missing, uh, or if one of them is missing, you do kind of feel like who's going to step into that because you've seen players like Gareth Barry and obviously Chris Brunner, who's obviously on his way at the end of the season. I mean, does who would fill fill that role if one of them was was to go missing? I think either of those two is obviously the, the sort of like the easy option, if you like. Mm. Um, I never, I would never worry about putting either of them in, mm. uh, no matter how little football they played. I think Chris Brunt will want to go out on a high and is an absolute legend for the football club, mm. and no doubt, you know, from just listening to him speak or from you know reading the things that we've, we've read over the past week or so, um, there's no doubt that in my mind that he's 100% committed to the cause and, and to get out of him. You know, promoting. I think it was a, would be a great way for him to go out of the football club, and I think you know it just underlines what a, what a top bloke and, and still is a top player. Let's not forget he is still a top player. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's easy as, as fans of Albion really to, to say that he's not what he was, and that's the same with Gareth Barry. But they still have a lot, a lot to offer at that level, um, whether it be you know short term. You know, coming on for games and helping see games out, or that little bit of quality that might be needed, a little bit of. Uh, sort of Nelson and Guile, if you like, um, whether that be in the final third or slow games down, and you know, you know, those sorts of players run the tempo of games on their own at times, mm. um, and that sort of experience it is vital in the ring. Um, I wouldn't worry about bringing either of those two in. And so the other option is always uh, Shemir Jay as well. You know, to play him in midfield, I think is um, is always an option, and we've got strong options in defence that can cover. But I think Billish is one of those who doesn't like to tinker too much with uh, with people in positions and it's, it's normally just you know one for one rather than putting one in and moving two or three about so mm. um, yeah I think the Brunton Barry option is, is definitely the one to one to look for really mm. Top stuff James really appreciate you coming on sorry we can't keep you for longer we've just got so many calls to get through today but no I really worries. appreciate it Cheers boys keep up the great work Thanks a lot bye bye Thanks mate bye Hello Hello is that Ben? That's me, yeah. Hi, Ben. It's Luke here from the Baggies Broadcast. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, you're live uh, on the podcast with us right now. Uh, we're in mid-discussion. Um, we're discussing Albion's Premier League credentials. Obviously, we saw that, that you know they had the behind-closed-doors training exercise with Aston Villa, drew that one 2-all. Um, does seeing a result like that, albeit in a, in a training situation, give you promise that Albion, if they do go up, could stay up? Uh, I definitely. I mean, obviously, I've seen the, the videos of the <clears throat> the, uh, the two goals, and they look. I mean, Kovinovic's goal was very resemblant of the one against Millwall. He scored, so yeah. we know it's not. We know we've got it, and we know that we've got quality. We've got players like Pereira. It looks like before the lockdown, Gazitsi uh, didn't really. But he had a few like. Uh, kind of like flashes where he kind of looked like you could see the potential but then at the same time like he uh, didn't really get his chance I guess but mm. it looks like seeing him against uh, Premier League opposition he's obviously got the potential and yeah it was really interesting to see and 
uh, is exciting to see, I thought. And we know we've got the quality in Pereira who we're going to have, as Joe keeps on telling, we're definitely going to have him next season. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. It's always exciting seeing a, a player in the Championship and kind of seeing how that they will... Uh, like, like obviously Villa fans had with, with Grealish the last couple of seasons seeing mm. him kind of dominate a league but then being excited to be able to see him against Premier League opposition so I'm, I'm excited to see people like Pereira and I don't know I think this season's kind of uh, the uh, recruitment's kind of showed that it, it's, even though it's measured and it's been it's not been crazy um, it, it's been effective and you can only hope that the same would would occur and carry on into next season, trying to pick up those players like Pereira, those kind of hidden gems. And so, I think seeing those, I, I mean, I, I'm, which is weird for a West Brom fan to say, but I'm kind of quietly optimistic about how we do in the uh, in the Premier League. Um, there's always a, as a West Brom, there's always kind of like a hidden sense of pessimism that is always there. But uh, I, I'm quite optimistic about how we do in the Premier League, to be honest. Yeah, I do you reckon Pereira? I mean, you did touch on you kind of compared them a little bit there. Um, you saw Jack Grealish go from you know a Championship star to a Premier League performer. Do you reckon Pereira can make, make them same steps? Because I mean, he's he's took the Championship by by absolute storm, hasn't he, for Albion? Yeah, and I think I think there's a slight difference with um, maybe you might disagree with being a Villa fan, but I don't know. If, if, I feel like Pereira seems to do it with such ease and calmness as well like mm. he, he actually looks like he's playing below his level yeah he, he looks like he's playing against opposition that he could uh, essentially yeah I, I, so yeah I think he, he, he's definitely got it in him too and my only hope is that like he takes the same like confidence that kind of flair that he has and all of that into next season and it's not kind of like a stage too big for him which you have seen with a lot of attacking players you kind of see them mm. dominating the the football league the championship and then they kind of don't necessarily convert that into playing against Premier League opposition because there's always a step up but um, I think it'll be one to watch and actually I think by the end of next season assuming we get to the Premier League which I'm obviously quite optimistic about I think we might have a struggle keeping him seen as I, I think we'll have teams wanting him Mm. from all around the Premier League when they really see what he can do and what he's about really mm. Top stuff Ben really appreciate you coming onto the podcast today uh, sorry we're flying through we've got so many callers but really appreciate your time Mate no worries thank you very much for having me Thanks a lot Thanks bye bye I'll tell you what that's an interesting point Mateus Pereira um, do you reckon Albion might have a slight worry keeping hold of him I imagine if you're tying him down He's going to stick around for at least a season, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, we talk about Pereira a lot, and he said, didn't he? I'm always saying he's going to be there next season, and that he will sign. What I've always said with Pereira is, I am. He will become a permanent Albion player, and he will. I can't guarantee he'll be there next season, um, because they might sign him for eight million on one day and sell him for fifteen million the next. Um, I don't think they will do that. I've, I thoroughly, thoroughly expect um, Pereira to be a Premier League player with West Brom next season but I'm just saying he will but a lot of people are worried that that deal won't go through but that's that's what I can guarantee is that he will become a permanent Albion player but then I think I think he is in demand I think he, teams in the Premier League will want him I don't think he'll I think a lot of teams will want to a lot of the big teams 
will want to assess um, how he does in the Premier League before making a move for him. Mm. Would like maybe a West Ham or someone be interested straight away? Probably, if West Ham stay up. Maybe they would be willing to pay 15, 16, 17 million or whatever straight away to take him for next season. But would he really want to go there, Pereira? I'm not sure he would. Um, I think if you're as good a football as he is, you've probably got to be looking at a, a top six, top seven side mm. for your next move. Um, I think he would... He's very, very, very happy at Albion. He has had difficult relationships with um, his previous managers. This is the one thing about Pereira is, I don't have gone about Pereira for ages, but you can, because there's just so much, so much to say. But So Pereira is the Bundesliga Rookie of the Year. Mm. Um, that's basically the Premier League Young Player of the Year. When you look at the players who have won that in the last couple of years, it's like Deli Ali, Raheem Sterling and players like that. So as much as the vast majority of us didn't know who Pereira was before he signed for Albion, he still had a profile. He was, if you're doing your job properly, you should know, if you're, if you're a technical director, for example, you should know who the young player of the year is in Germany, in the Bundesliga. Mm. Um, so the reason why Albion got him and why no one else did was because there was question marks over his temperament. Um, the st I don't know if it was, the I think it was the start of last season, I could be wrong, it could have been the year before, but he basically um, was left out of the Sporting Lisbon team on the first day of the season and Pereira mm. went on a massive rant on social media criticising the manager, basically saying how could you possibly leave me out and obviously he was shipped out on loan then like within days. Um, but Albion have always been, when he first joined, Albion have always been a bit like what's the catch because he's turned up and he's been nothing other than the model professional he's been absolutely yeah. fantastic and on top of that he's been the best player in the championship but and so good isn't he i mean we all love watching him we absolutely love watching him and the truth is the maths doesn't add up like to be bundesliga rookie of the year to be as good at football as you are as as Mateus Pereira you shouldn't cost 9 million pounds um, you should cost more than that. So, yeah. everyone at Albion was a little bit like, oh, what's the catch? What's the catch? What's? I think early doors, they were waiting and waiting and waiting just to see if something would go wrong. Um, but nothing has because he's absolutely loving working with Slavin Bilic. Bilic is just a manager who gets the best out of him and just his man management skills. We all know how good Bilic is in man management. So, Pereira is so settled with him um, and he's so happy in the area. And look, we all know him and Kravinovic have got this bromance going on. I really hope Kravinovic signs for next season as well in the Premier League. And mm. So I don't. I think he would really, really want to play for Albion in the Premier League next year um, unless a Man United or a Arsenal or someone came in for him. Um, and I don't, or Tottenham, I don't think they will unless he's done it for a year um, yeah. in the Premier League. So I think that's where we are with the Pereira situation. I'll do a story next week. I'll double-check it, but... The Blues game should be the game that triggers his permanent deal. That once it was, it was, it would have been before the lockdown. If he started, if he played 45 minutes in that game, Albion would have had to make the first payment for the 8.25 million pound they owe. Um, mm. So it looks, I'm sure it will be the same, but I will clarify it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's what we want from the first weekend. It's not too much to ask, is it? Three points and a Mateus Pereira permanent contract. That's all. Uh, that's what we're going for. Uh,
And that'll be a, a very welcome return to football. I'll stop talking because you want to get someone else on. <laughs> yeah, we've got, to, we've got to squeeze them all in, got to squeeze them all in. Let's get another caller. Hiya. Hiya, is that Ollie? It is, yeah. Hi, Ollie, it's Luke here from the Baggies Broadcast. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Um, thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, we're, just having, we're just having a discussion now about the, the big talking point, of course, that being the return of football. I mean, how excited are you um, to see Albion in action, even if you can't attend it, obviously, the games being behind closed doors? Oh, I'm absolutely ecstatic with a full uh, full team as well. It looks like Dean Garner's back, mm. everyone's back. I'm absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, and obviously, you know, one of the... I mean, Albion's position in the table's great at the moment. Um, do you reckon they can push on and seal promotion now? Because I suppose that's a big thing. With such a long break, yeah. momentum's really taken completely out of, out, out of the picture, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But what, from what I've seen on Twitter, all the videos and stuff, it looks like they've been training like top top quality. Mm. Um, I even think we'll be champions, not just promoted. I reckon we'll be champions. Um, I just can't see anyone else sort of getting to our level. I, I mean, maybe Leeds, but I, I don't. I don't think they they're going to get to our level. Mm. And obviously, that first game against Blues. With oh, fans, be a good one. I tell you what, with fans there, it would be it would be much much different, wouldn't it? I know Albion, of course, the big derbies are, are Villa and Wolves, but I mean, Blues game, it would have been a it would have been considered a derby, but of course, with no fans there, you got a feeling yes. it's going to be very different, don't you? Yeah, it's going to be very very. Different. It's going to be really weird to see it, and hopefully, that's the only ever time we'll see something like this without any fans. But um, I am really glad that it's going on, and I just hope we can do the Blues over. Perfect, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. Sorry I've got to rush you through. I've got so many callers to get through, mate. That's absolutely fine, mate. All right, not a problem. Uh, Ollie, a pleasure. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, bye-bye. Hello. Hello, is that Rob? Yeah, hi, Luke. Hiya, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Baggies broadcast today. Appreciate you taking the time. It's all right. No, um, it's great to have you on. Um, we're in the midst of a discussion here. We're just talking about the return of football, obviously the biggest talking point. Uh, since lockdowns kind of you know come into effect, I mean, how excited are you to see Albion back, even if you might not be able to to catch them at the Hawthorns? Very excited. It's been a long 10, 12 weeks without football, really, and I'm not really a fan of the German stuff. So it'd be good to see some proper football. Yeah, and of course, Albion are in a great position, aren't they? I mean, you know, second to Leeds by a single point. Um, I suppose the big question is: Is can they continue that momentum? Because with such a long break, do you feel that that's going to have you know a negative impact on on Albion and the other teams in the league? I think it's a complete reset. I don't think you can take into account any form of anybody now. Mm. It's a nine-game mini-season, and it's to the spoils the winner. Yeah, and of course, you know, Bilic is well well known for his for his substitutions this season. And with the you know the additional subs able you know to be used now, and the strength and depth that Albion have really got up front, do you reckon that puts him in a great position? I mean, and it's probably doing him you know as, as many favours as it is you know hurting other teams. Well, I actually think we've probably got the best squad we've had right now in quite a long time, especially considering the grade he's going to be back. Mm. And if you look at how much Grzynski was used before the break when he signed him, we barely saw him. Yeah. So if you think of the starting eleven and then the options on the bench and with Kyle Edwards included, Ryan Tullock, we've got a plethora of options to use. So you'd hope that Slav having those extra two subs of match, if we are nil nil or one nil there and he can make the subs needed to change the game as quickly as 
as you can. Yeah, and of course we saw Albion, you know, in that training exercise against Villa over the weekend, that two-all draw. Admittedly, just a training exercise behind closed doors, but does that kind of prove to you that Albion do have the credentials to be you know, taking games to Premier League sides and, and performing next season if they are to get promoted to the top flight? Well, I wouldn't consider Villa a Premier League so based on where they are. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we are. If you look at who was involved in the goals, have you actually seen the goals? Yeah. Um, it's strange to say Chris Brum was involved in both the goals and, and he's yeah. leaving, which is the biggest thing to come out of lockdown, really. Yeah. But we've got the squad to cape. Capable of challenging. My only worry is defensively, we're a little bit short. Mm. Sent half, which is the one area we need to strengthen going off next season. Yeah, how much would you, how much money do you reckon Billet should probably need? Because it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because we don't know what the transfer market's going to be like. But I mean, you'd, you'd argue that our, every club who goes up needs to strengthen in in some places, don't they? I think if you look at what Luke Downs done since he came in, I mean, admittedly the January window. Not this one, the one before. Yeah. We fought Murphy, Montero and Janssen at his us, but it wasn't to be. But every signing he's made since then haven't really proved him wrong. They've all been really good. Mm. And based on the new model, which we've gotten away from when Pulis come in and, and the idea of signing every player up to be over six foot tall and be British. Yeah. We'd moved away from what had made us successful. And if you look at what we did in the two windows, we've actually barely spent any money. And I know that Pereira's going to cost nine, ten billion when we do that one. But I'd imagine that they've probably got a list of players that are available. And we probably won't spend more than 30 million. And we'll probably bring in eight or nine. Yeah. I'll tell you what, so, it'd be, it would be decent business out if, if you spend 30 mil, stay up, and then build from there, wouldn't it? Yeah, I imagine so. I've got no doubt in us, apart from being an Albion fan for the last 30 years and knowing what the Albion are like. <laughs> we really should have messed this up. We should be able to get it. I mean, Leeds have got just as good in the 11 as us, but I don't think anyone's got the squad that we've got. Maybe Fulham a push. So, with everybody fit and firing, I can't see anything that's going to stop us winning the title, even if I am an Albion fan and a little worried. And the nerves kick in as we get closer and closer to the kickoff. Perfect, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it, Rob. Um, apologies, we can't keep you on for longer, but we've got so many more to get through. Uh, really do appreciate it, mate. No worries. Cheers, bud. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Hello, Hello is that John? Yeah, is that Luke? Yeah, it is. You're, you're live on the uh, the Baggies broadcast. Well, I say live. We're, we're recording now. Um, uh, delighted to have you on, first of all. Um, we're just discussing yeah. Mateus Pereira at the moment and his Premier League credentials. Do you think he's got what it takes to play in the Premier League and make that step up for Albion, should they go up? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you, if you look at the contributions he's done this season, you just, you just see his on-field impact. Like, he, just, he gets under the skin of every player he plays against to the point where he's become essentially the new Jack Grealish which you like um, <laughs> where he just he's just kicks to the ground but they do it because he just glides he, he just glides mm. you got watching him every week he, he's just he's the man on the floor he, he provides the play but he, his kind of play does it's more link he likes the links play that's why when, when you've seen Dean Garner go from his form and then injured, just mm. Pereira had to switch the way he plays because normally that two that two link that goes on with Dean Garner is actually quite essential to how he was playing. So 
take into account the Swansea game and Huddersfield game. That was very prominent in those games where yeah. you, you saw him just link, 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 goal. Link, link, every, every time he's just, he knows where he is. And he did link quite, play quite well. And I am, fingers crossed, we do to the job. Looking forward to what he's like in the Premier League. And I really am looking forward to seeing what he's going to be showing people what he can and can do, really. You tell you what, you're not the first caller to, to compare him to Jack Grealish, mate. He's, he's getting a couple of, a couple of those uh, comparisons. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the Fowling boys, yeah, but... The haircut's a bit different, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, because we've got so many callers, mate, I really, I really appreciate your time, but um, who do you expect to go up this season? Obviously, Albion are in a great position, Leeds are in a great position, but yeah. after such a break, um, who would be your three uh, to go up and steal promotion? I think it's the, the I think it's the top three now, in my opinion. I've always said it, it, the playoffs wise, there's no better strikes at the playoffs for Fulham than Mitrovic, which mm. is just you, you put him in the box, he'll he'll just score essentially. And they've got better, better, on paper. There's I think on paper to me on paper Fulham probably got the best starting eleven in the league. Mm. There's no question about that. That they're underperforming, in my opinion. They really should be doing more better. Because you look at the players they've got. Yeah. Then you know they'd probably get to a few Premier League. So Mitrovic for one, and then Kean is another one. Cavalera, you probably say most of the bottom half of the Premier League would take him on the wing. Yeah. And then you've got Knockart, who's been playing the Premier League for a good few seasons now. Mm. So that type of eleven, they really should be doing better. And I think Leeds. Bielsa will get Leeds back to being start of the season fit midway through fit. He's that type of manager you won't take any slacking or anything like that. So I think, yeah. I mean, if if we can get, I think top two will be top two, and then I think Fulham will probably just edge the playoffs. To be quite honest, I think the other three that are in it, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure they've got the striking abilities that they've got with Fulham really. Mm. All right, top stuff. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, John. Um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, good point about Pereira there again. Uh, and I'm not on about the Jack Grealish thing. Uh, I'm on about the, the link-up play. Um, and him and, and Dean Garner, when they're playing together, and when they're both fit, of course, and, and on the pitch, uh, not many teams can keep up with both of them, can they? No. Um, no, that's, the, that's probably been like the highlight of the season, hasn't it? Like Watching those two combine good players, just love playing with good players. And... But then Robinson linked up very well as well because um, he's such a good player. Um, amazing, amazing, amazing the options. I mean, Callum Robinson, Gray, Dean Garner and Mateus Pereira are all very much Premier League players in my book. So, um, mm. yeah, hopefully it'll be, they'll pick up where they left off and that should be the difference, shouldn't it? Should be. Uh, let's speak to our next caller. Hello. Oh, yeah, is that Thomas? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, it's Luke from the Baggers Broadcast here. How are you doing? I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. We're just in the middle of an episode now, just doing a, a, a big discussion, actually. We're talking about the big talking point, of course, being the return of football. I mean, how excited are you to see um, Albion coming back, even if you might not be able to watch them from the stands? Um, I think it's a good thing and a bad thing, because obviously... With the whole pandemic going on, people it's good for people to watch football again. Mm. But the bad thing is that it's not going to be the same as the fans aren't there and the atmosphere is not going to be there, which is for many people 
what brings them to watch football. Yeah, it certainly is. And of course, that first game against Blues, it'd normally be you know, a, a big atmosphere. Um, obviously, the big derbies are Wolves and, and, and Villa, of course, for Albion. But the Blues game is still a big game. It's going to be very different, isn't it, with no fans in the ground? Yeah, it's going to be very different. Like, like you just said, the Blues game, it's not exactly a big, big derby. But I was at the game where we went 3-2. Mm. And the atmosphere was like one of the best I've ever been to. Special day that was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, and like personally, atmosphere is like everything to me. It's like even though we overall lost the Villa in the playoffs, like it was still the best atmosphere, and I'll always remember that game just mm. because of the atmosphere. And that is the only downside, in my opinion, to uh, football coming back. But I'm also grateful it's coming back because then West Brom get the chance to go up as champions and not behind Leeds. Yeah, uh, I suppose the only the only bittersweet thing would be if I, if Albion do go ahead and seal the championship title, that there's going to be no fans in the ground to, to, to share that moment with. It's, it is going to be slightly bittersweet, isn't it? That? It is, and also another bad thing is that we won't get to see Chris Brunt lifting the trophy as he's leaving at the end of the season, which mm. is a sad thing, really, but it is what it is. He's been a great servant to the club over many years, and I'm just grateful for the time he's put into the club. Perfect, mate. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me. Sorry I couldn't keep you longer. We've just got so many callers to get through. It's all right. Thank you. Appreciate that, mate. Thanks a lot. Hello. Hello. Is that Jack? Yeah, speaking. Is that Luke? It is, yeah. You're on the uh, the Baggies broadcast. We're just mid-discussion. Um, we're talking about Matthias Pereira at the moment uh, and his yeah. Premier League credentials. We've had a couple callers um, both kind of say that he's, he's, he's more than equipped to go to the Premier League. I mean, is, is he... The player you think for Albion that's probably the most important if they were to go up, or is there someone else you'd highlight? I think, I think absolutely. Um, you know, what can you say about him that hasn't already been said for mm. us this season? He's, um, I think, in my in my lifetime watching the Albion, he's he might be the most gifted player that we've had. Um, I've got fond memories of Kumas, but I think Pereira's application in games is is. is far better than his was at times and um, I just think upon promotion should be achieved that hopefully it all doesn't fall apart now at this stage but um, if, if if we go up um, I'm fully expecting the next season he'll he'll be the kind of star of the show again I think after he is that good mm. and obviously you know Albion's forward options is another point we've discussed quite heavily today and the strength and depth they've got who would you be starting um, for that game against Blues when obviously the football comes back? Um, I think I think you know if you go back to the start of the season, um, there was high, there was questions around Ken Zahor from day one, um, mm. and I suppose there was with Charlie Austin as well, um, given you know, some of the injury issues that he's had, and he was out of favour at Southampton. Um, and Hal Robson Carney was never the favoured name amongst Bones fans, I don't think. But mm. this season, I think, particularly the latter two, obviously, um, Carney and Austin, um, they, they, they put a shift in, they've worked hard and, 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 and they've rotated uh, where necessary. Um, and I think they've both done a reasonable job when called upon. Um, for the first game back, I think Carney, Carney will be my, my, my choice to start. I was there at Bristol City in February when he, he, he put in probably, for me, his best performance in, in an Albion shirt. I thought he was absolutely tremendous that day. Mm. Um, 
and I think the form going into the lockdown, you know, he was he was just edging. I know he scored against Preston as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. A couple of days later. So I think I think you'd have to you'd have to start with Carney, provided that they're all fit. Um, I think we tend to play a little bit better going forward as well when he's in the team. Um, mm. Probably owing to his off the ball contribution. But I think I think he'd be the one to go with definitely. And who would you have on the wings, mate? Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to see the return of Dan Garner. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think you've got you've got to play him if he's still having you. I think you know after Pereira, um, you're probably looking at him as the most gifted in terms of all round ability, most gifted player in the team. Um, I think he's also very unique, but part of that, but I think part of what makes him so unique is as a winger. Um, I don't I think if you watch him. These days, it's very common, obviously, the wingers play very much as sort of inside forwards, and, mm. and they tend to start a little bit narrower. Um, but one thing that I like about Dion Garner when he plays on the left is that he starts out wide. Um, he, he, he really stretches the game, and I think I think that's a really a really unique asset to have in the team. Um, but obviously, Callum Robinson's coming on the left-hand side and done very well. Mm. Um, and I think there was a video of Albion Playing in the other day, and it looked as though Dian Garner was was out, out on the right in that exercise. So, I think potentially for the first game back, uh, Robinson on the left and Dian Garner on the right. I think that could that could be the way we go. Um, it all depends on on Mateus Pereira really, and if if Bilic wants to play him in that central role that we saw him in a bit earlier in the season, or if he's going to stick with him out on the right as we saw kind of in the second half of the season after the tactical switch that we made mm. um, with Krivinovic as part of a three in midfield. So it'd be interesting to see what happens, but I'd probably go with Dian Garner on the right and Robinson on the left. Um, you know, start with Pereira in the middle and if you need to change it, you can do. Top stuff, Jack. Really appreciate you coming on today. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, no worries. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Uh, that's interesting. Um... And it is a little bit of a conundrum, isn't it, Joe? Who starts, you know, in the, in that front position? Because, like you said, it looks like they're going to be sticking with that four three three, which means someone's missing out. Well, that was very interesting. What was I can't remember what, what it was called now. What was that lad's name? Uh, Jack Bradley. Jack, yeah. So, oh, Jack Bradley. Yeah. No, no. So, that is interesting. Very, very interesting because he is right that Dean Garner. I mean, he's like. I think the reason, yeah, the reason why he's such a good player is because he can do so much. At, He's so varied out wide, and what I mean by that is, like Jack was saying, he really does get chalk on his boots. He really does hold that wide position really, really well, um, and then is incredibly comfortable cutting inside. Is always well, equally comfortable, you should say, cutting inside as he is going down the line. Mm. Whereas Callum Robinson, you would say, isn't as comfortable going down the line. He would be more yeah. comfortable cutting inside. He prefers a more central kind of um, yeah. direct approach, doesn't he? Which is why that four-three-three worked quite well because both Robinson and Pereira essentially a happy playing as a ten and wanted to come inside. Mm. Um, it was a very narrow system, so but Dean Garner would give it more wit. Um, so that would be something that. Undoubtedly, Bilic is contemplating. Let's get another caller on. Hello? Hello, is that Andrew? Hey, hey, is, can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. It's uh, Luke Hatfield here from the Baggies broadcast. Um, I understand this is an international call, this one, uh, all the way from the States, isn't it? Correct, from Indiana. <laughs> uh, a pleasure to have you on um, the episode today. Me and Joe have just been discussing a number of topics. Uh, the, the big one, of course, is a return of football. I mean, it must be tough for you from abroad trying to watch the Albion every week. Uh, are you just happy to see the football back and being able to watch it at whatever time it comes on? Yeah, yeah. Um, over here, I got, I got so desperate over here. Um, on Sunday mornings, NBC shows uh, classic Premier League matches, so I've been like setting my uh, waking up early just to watch old, essentially reruns. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to get back to the to, to live football and live football that I uh, am passionate about. Definitely, it's it's exciting to have it. What ten days away or eleven days away? I guess the first first baggies game. Mm. I've got to ask. I mean, uh, were you? How did you end up following the baggies? Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny story. Um, so I wasn't huge into uh, football for most of my life, uh, but I studied abroad at Cambridge uh, in undergrad. Uh, we're in uni. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, just kind of got a, a feel for it, and then I, I got really into the 2014 World Cup. Uh, I always I always point to the Belgium United States game mm. uh, as, as kind of the turning point where I was like, ah, I, I should get into that. And then 2014, right, right after that, was the year that the Premier League came uh, to NBC, and they started streaming all of the all of the matches. And so I just kind of picked a club, and I knew I didn't want to do. Um, you know, I wanted to be a little hipster, I guess you could say, uh, and I didn't want to pick, you know, the Liverpools or the Man United or the Man Cities, uh, and so I just kind of looked around, and I liked the colors, I liked the bird on the crest, I read a little bit about um, Birmingham and the area, and I thought it was very similar to kind of some of the, the American sports teams I follow, um, so like the Indiana Pacers, the Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. um, and so it was, it was a little bit at random, and it was a little bit... Um, uh, an intentional effort to find a team that kind of matched with the sports teams uh, that I was interested in. And then, uh, yeah, from about uh, 2014 on, uh, the fandom has only grown and grown. And one of the big talking points of we've just been covering in this episode is, is that Mateus Pereira. Obviously, I mean, he's he's been superb for Albion this season and he's set to become a permanent player now, um, given that he plays, of course, Um uh, do you reckon he's got what it takes to cut it in the Premier League for the Baggies? Uh, he's doing really well on my FIFA team right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, f- from what I can tell, yeah, he's he's got everything that he needs uh, uh, to to compete there. Um, I think that you know um, what I what I think I've heard mentioned sometimes on this podcast even is that the the pace of play in the Premier League. Um, is almost a little bit slower than the championship, and I think that kind of uh, technical expertise might even flourish more uh, in the Premier League, where there's a little bit more of a, a second to um, to use the, those more technical abilities. I think that's been mentioned with Kravinovich as well. Yeah. Um, with the was it the West Ham game that he did really well? So I think he I think he has it, and I, I can't imagine the physicality. I think that's something that you know people always worry about with a continental player coming over is the physicality Mm. um and i I don't think that again uh that degree of uh difficulty in terms of pure physicality 
for the jump to the championship to the Premier League would impede him. Mm. Top stuff, Andrew. Really appreciate you. Sorry we can't keep you for longer. We've just got so many people to get through. But I really appreciate you taking your time to join us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye-bye. I tell you what, that's a story. How do you get following the Albion from Indiana? Uh, that's how. Um, and uh, I tell you what, knows knows his stuff as well. Um, is interested in that. Does the Premier League suit Pereira a little bit more than the Championship? Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. You know. Um, have people say the same thing about Romain Sawyer's, don't they? Um, mm. Is it true? I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I, let, uh, it's a, I want to. I want to find out really next season when they're playing in the Premier League. Hopefully, um, it, it's undoubtedly a step up in class, um, and I can't massively remember too many players. I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever heard a player come out and say it's easier. They find it easier in the Premier League. I do. You do. Mm. You do hear players say they find they get more time. Um, yeah. And you hear that, I've, heard, I've said it before, like you find that throughout football. I've heard non-league players, when they step up to League 1, League 2, they say they can't believe how much time they get. Um, and then obviously that's ex- ex- like even more extreme when you get to the Premier League. So it'd be very, very interesting. I mean, look, as to use the Jack Grealish example, Jack Grealish shone in the, pre- in the Championship, didn't he? And, and mm. I thoroughly expect Pereira to shine in the, in the Premier League as well. And I think Sawyers would be a very, very similar player in the Premier League to what he is in the Championship. Um, whether they'd find it easier, whether they'd be better, I don't know. I think that would be hard, but I think they'd be able to do what they do now in the Premier League. Definitely they'd be able to have that impact. Hmm. Right, Joe. Um, a bunch of callers, uh, a bunch of Alvin Chit Chat. Um, I think that just about does it for us, you know. Yes, mate. Fantastic effort from you, getting all those callers on. I know every single one of them, very, very interesting. So. Um, yeah, when, 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 what we'll do is, what should we do? Should we do it again when, when the season's finished? I mean, yeah, let's, let's, we'll do another one. Um, yeah, we've definitely got to do another one. Um, but I know you're a man pressed for time. So um, despite that, I'm happy to let you go, however long we're into this podcast now. It's a, certainly another long one. Uh, Joe, unless you've got anything else to add, um, I'll wrap it up there. No, it's been a pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And massive thanks to everyone who's taken part. They have all been absolutely brilliant. Really appreciate it. Top notch stuff, right? As always, um, if you could give us a rate and a review on iTunes, we'd really, really appreciate it. Otherwise, uh, make sure you, you've got your ear to the ground for the upcoming episodes. Um, and make sure you stick to Joe Massey's Twitter feed, uh, and maybe mine, I'm not too sure. Um, when football returns, Joe Massey's going to be the man uh, in the grounds, despite... Uh, no fans being there, uh, all fingers crossed anyway. Uh, but right from me, from Joe, a fond farewell. <laughs>